Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, yes, yes. Happy Friday to all and to all. Hopefully it's a closeout Friday for those Golden State Warriors going up against those pesky Memphis Grizzlies. Kind of goes it out. Chase Center. Get it done. Alan Styles filling in for Stephen Langford. Pre-game show 95-7 the game. Joe Spadoni on the boards. You will hear Stephen Langford on the morning roast at 6 o'clock filling in for Joe Shasky, the butcher boy. He will be alongside Bonte Hill. But you got an hour with me. Thanks for rocking with me if you are headed to work, if you're at work right now, if you're getting off of work, whatever you got to do. Happy Friday once again. Let's get it going. The Warriors, man. So last night, I don't know if anybody was listening last night. I did the 6-10 to 10 with my guy, Dan Devone. And number one, if you were listening last night, you had a quick turnaround like myself. We're warriors out here, no pun intended. But if you were listening, you know, I, I got a lot of flack on the text line, on the calls, everything coming in saying that I felt like the sky was falling, like I was too hard on the warriors. And I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. When you're down at one point by 55 I know I'm known as the pessimistic Warriors fan, but I think even the most optimistic Warriors fans at least had to do a double take. Like, what in the world is going on? It didn't look good from the start to whenever the the starters came out. I think it was the beginning of the fourth. They were down by 40. And now you have the Suns who lost pretty handedly to to the Mavericks last night. Everyone's saying, well, look at the Suns, what they did. I hear what you're saying, but they weren't down by 55. Right. They were never down by 55. And I get it. A loss is a loss. Both of them haven't looked good. And, you know, to be fair, the Suns are facing a four seed. Meanwhile, the Warriors are facing a two seed, albeit without John Morant. So I get it from the standpoint of the playoffs are tough. Closeout games are tough. And this is what it is. But there are certain things that I'm seeing with this Warriors team that just gives me cause to pause as far as the offense, some holes in the defense. They're feeling a bit one-trick pony-y to me right now. And I want to get everybody's thoughts on the Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. Am I overreacting? Was it just a bad game? Can they just wash it off and move forward, let it roll off your back like a duck? Will they be okay, number one, to get through this series? And number two, has this made you feel any differently as far as moving forward? Now, I know everybody is sitting there saying that the Suns aren't going to be a problem because they match up well with them. And and obviously the Mavs, it's the Luka show, so they'll be fine too. Uh, then, you get into the, then you get into the Eastern Conference and things get a bit dicier. What's interesting to me is before the show started, I was looking at the Vegas odds and the Warriors are number one. The Warriors are number one. And that is very interesting to me because when, you know, you, you, you look at what the Warriors have going as far as, you know, Clay still coming back from injury. Steph only being about 10 games back from his foot injury. And, you know, Draymond dealt with the back stuff, you know, for a good bit as well. 
is Vegas a little caught up? It, 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 does Vegas know more than I do? Now, normally, Vegas does know, know a lot. But I'm looking at these Boston Celtics, and I'm looking at these Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm thinking the length that they have, you know, the offensive capabilities that they have, and the length and athleticism they have defensively. I'm sitting here thinking, and this is my thought process. If the Warriors are struck, and I know the Grizzlies have a better defense without John Morant. I know they have a great record without John Morant. But if the Warriors are struggling to get these open shots against the Grizzlies, how does that work against the Suns? How does that work against the Bucks, the Celtics? And I'm going to stop disrespecting the Heat because, to be honest, the Heat have been one of the most or the most consistent team still left in the playoffs. I mean, they're just out here taking care of business. And, you know, we can joke James Harden if you want in a closeout game. You know, Joel Embiid kind of talking about him and, and discussing how he's not the James Harden isn't the Rockets guy anymore, you know, and all and all that stuff. But the Heat have really shown up in a way where maybe it's because Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, to me, is the closest thing you can get to a superstar that's not a superstar. It's him. It's Devin Booker. But again, Devin Booker is still pretty darn young. You know, Jimmy Butler's a bit older. They're in that tier of they're stars, right? They're all stars, but they are not in that superstar category. And I think that's why... People don't necessarily believe in the Heat when you look at Jimmy Butler versus a Jason Tatum. And I would say that's probably a bit closer than people would think. But And then you have Giannis, who's just Giannis. And I did see a report that Chris Middleton, they believe, should be back for the conference finals. So that that right there gives the Bucks another boot. Oh, oh by the way, a, a more length as well. So getting back to the Warriors, maybe I overreacted a bit. Maybe I was caught up in the moment. But look, as the as the facts change, my opinions change. That's how I've always been. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to be a part of the conversation. If you want to call in anything you want to get done, get off your chest before this huge game six. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. If the Warriors lose game six, I don't really know how they can win game seven and maybe again I know they have what three hall of famers on that team Andrew Wiggins is, has been the unsung hero this season or this playoff run as far as what he's been able to do but just the way the FedEx arena was rocking the way everybody plays better and we know role players always play better at home but you know DeAnthony Melton has turned into Reggie Miller on the road Okay, Zaire Williams, Stanford's finest, is balling out, or sorry, not on the road, on at home. Same with same with Zaire Williams. And Jaron Jackson, is anybody gonna be able to check Jaron Jackson Jr.? I know he's got probably one of the uglier shots in the league, but it seems to go in. A lot of the times it's been uncontested. And when it's not a, and then when it's not uncontested, he's able to get to the hole and basically do what he wants. So that's a problem to me. The elephant in the room here, and it's a a big elephant, by the way, is Steven Adams. And he has come in and he has changed the, you know, the the game, the complexity of the game just with him being on the floor. Now, you couple that with Steve Kerr being out and we've sat here. We all have the, you know, the the couch coaches that can sit there and say, well, Steve Kerr, you know, he has always had all stars. He's always had these, you know, historic, historically good players. What has he done as a coach? Blah, 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 blah. Is it safe to say we're seeing what Steve Kerr brings to the table and this is not a, a knock on Mike Brown. You get thrown into a situation. He's been very open about he's more of a defensive coach. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never necessarily heard that person. I mean, the Tom Thibodeaux of the world. I know that they're out there, but I never really heard of that as far as oh, I'm the, I guess, the defensive coordinator for the team. Dude, you're about to be a head coach for the Kings. So offensively, this is an offensive driven league. So I don't, are you going to get a really good quote unquote offensive coordinator when you go up to Sacramento? Again, I'm not placing blame on Mike Brown. You get thrown into a situation. We're not sure how much of this is Steve Kerr. We know he's been, you know, very connected with them through zooms and things like that the best way that he can, but there's nothing like him being on the floor. So number one, I think. You know, this isn't a great time to give flowers because the season, we don't believe the season is ending or anything like that. But Steve Kerr has never been in the conversation 
for one of the best coaches, had never been in the conversation for, you know, the, these, these innovative coaches and what he's able to do. It's always been, and to be fair, yeah, he's got Clay Thompson. He's got Steph Curry. He had Kevin Durant. But there is something to be said about more than the X's and O's and more than just rolling the ball out. And I feel like, if anything, there is nobody that should sit here between these last couple games. And I get it. They're veterans. They should be able to do things, you know, without it. You got Andre Iguodala on the bench. He ain't suiting up, right? He's been in the league forever. You know, you would think he's doing some pseudo coaching as well as Draymond Green. But clearly they are missing their leader that is not on the floor as far as coaching, and that is Steve Kerr. As far as the last, the last thing I saw is they do not expect him to be available for game six. So hopefully, look, this is game three without him. They can continue to make those adjustments, but it just didn't look good from the jump. I don't know if the Warriors just weren't ready to play the whole whoop that trick thing from Steph saying it, which I, I don't know about y'all, but when I saw that come out, I was very worried. When I saw that come out, I was very worried as far as, you know, Steph saying that. I'm not going to say you're poking the bear, right? I'm not going to say you're poking the bear because, you know, ultimately you are the better team and ultimately you have to show up. And I believe, I, I don't think if Steph doesn't say that, the Warriors, you know, the Warriors win the game. Not with, not with how the Grizzlies came out and not with how the Warriors came out. And that, that leads me to another point as far as this whole thing. The slow starts just have to stop. And I think I do have a, I guess, a theory why they continue to start slow. And I'm looking at you, Mr. TNT, Mr. Podcast Man, Mr. Whoop That Trick. Let's toss my towel around the top of my head like Petey Pablo, like a helicopter in the early 2000s, Draymond Green. Offensively, dude. It has never looked, it hasn't looked, I can't say never because I actually have proof that it did look decent for a while, but you have regressed. They are sagging off of you and you are clogging up the lanes and just sit, giving the ball to Draymond at the top of the key, at the, at the free throw line, at the three point line. And Steven Adams or Jaron Jackson, whoever's guarding him is COVID, COVID safe, six feet away from him. That just doesn't seem to be working anymore. That is the part of this offense that has gone stale, and it has gone stale in a, in a tough way for the Warriors, and that leads to things getting clogged up, things getting gummed up, and nobody able to get those open looks early. Then when you finally do get that open look, there's more pressure on you. You miss the first, you miss the second. Oh, next thing you know, the quarter ends and the Warriors are down by 10. That has been what these last couple of games have looked like. And I know the Warriors squeaked out the game four win. I get all that, right? And kudos to them. That is that you're, beat, you're at home. And, and again, to all the people out there, home court doesn't matter, this, that, and the third. It's, there's no way the Warriors win that game four if they're on the road. And then they, do the, they essentially play, somehow they play worse, 22 turnovers on the road in game five, and they get blown out the building, right? They're, they just get their doors blown off. And now... I want, to know, I want to know this also, Dub Nation. Are there 3-1 nightmares? Have they come back yet? I know this is a different situation. It's not the finals, and there's no LeBron, and there's no Kyrie, and there's no Kevin Love. But this is the first time they're facing this situation without Kevin Durant since 2016. And nobody is really talking about that. And I know it's been a, a long time, and they've, been, they've talked about it. Steph, Steph was on Draymond's podcast talking about how you just got to kind of laugh at it and things like that. But there's a lot at work here. There's a lot at work, and there's a lot more that we need to get into. But going back to Draymond on offense, I believe that he has the ball in his hand too much. And I think that during the regular season, you can get away with stuff like this, right? You can get away with Draymond running that offense because you're facing a team, you know, once, you know, once, and then you continue, then you play them a couple weeks later, a couple months later, or whatever. When you're facing the same team over and over again, I, I tweeted this the night of that game. That Stephen A. meme where he just looks unimpressed, that is the Grizzlies when Draymond has the ball in his hands and they understand what he's trying to do because they know, number one, he's not trying to shoot. But we'll continue to get into Draymond and his part of the offense. The other parts of the offense, Jordan Poole, what's up with him? Clay Thompson and Steph, what's up with them as well? And, what are, and how are they going to be able to get this offensive train back on the tracks we will be back alan styles filling in for stephen langford pregame show 95 7 the game we'll be right back 
Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Uh-huh. Hey. Joe Spadoni on the boards. Getting it going at 5.20 in the morning. I love it, Joe. Alan Styles filling in for Stephen Langford pregame show 95.7 The Game. We are back, and we're talking all things Warriors. It's game six. It's big time action. It is live action. Okay. And we are trying to figure out how to get the Warriors offense back on the tracks. We've had Charlie in New York hanging out with us from before the break. Thank you for hanging on, Charlie. What do you got for us trying to talk some Dub Nation, some Warriors basketball? How you feeling and what do you think is going to happen tonight? Well, I mean, I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I, I, I didn't think they would win. I thought it would take an A-plus effort to win game five. Um, but I, Memphis played like the more desperate team. And, and uh, so uh, just a stat to throw out there, in the last two games, the last 96 minutes without job, the Warriors had to lead for a total of 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, I'm going to repeat what everyone's been saying. They're notoriously slow starts, the turnovers. Um, going into tonight's game, I, I really – the Kaminga starting is not working. He, he may be an, uh, a super future uh, all-star at some point in his career, but at 19 he looks lost out there. Um, I was hoping they would stop, start Otto in Game 5. Now, we don't know if he's going to be healthy for tonight. He's questionable last time I, I looked. But start Poole. I mean, I, I guess you could, I, I really would like to see Looney, but then you have two players that don't shoot with Draymond. And what you were saying earlier, Draymond's got to shoot more tonight just to get Adams out from under the basket. I mean, even it's, it's just um, they know he's not going to shoot. So I guess going into tonight's game, I would like to see Jordan potentially start. Maybe that will reignite him because he's been playing poorly the last couple of games. And uh, they got to, you know, uh, Steph cannot not shoot for the first seven minutes of the game. He's got to assert his will. Now, I'm not saying take bad shots, but he cannot. He needs to assert his will sooner in this game tonight. Um, and, and uh, like you said, I, I think tonight's game seven, if they go back to Memphis, uh, I think it's Monday night. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see them. I don't see them winning that game. So I hope uh, I, what was most concerning for me in game five was the lack. Again, you knew Memphis would be the more desperate team. Uh, but there was a, they just, they treated it like they were playing Orlando in January. They just like it was just really shocking to see when they have this championship DNA that they played on that level. So hopefully the home court advantage, you know, it's you know it's one game. You know, after game three when the Warriors won by thirty, they, the, the Memphis played a much better game. So hopefully tonight we can wrap it up. But I, I, I'm I, I don't know how it's going to play tonight. Based solely on how they performed. Anyway, that's all I got. I'll keep listening. Take care, man. Charlie, that's a great call. You hit on a ton of good points. Number one, yeah, the 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 Kaminga thing, the Kaminga starting thing has to stop. And you know, I was talking last night with Dan, who is a huge Kaminga guy and thinks that he should be getting you know, getting his spots and can really ignite this offense. And even Dan said, yeah, but starting isn't it. What we're seeing is this. I mean, and we, and Charlie talked about Looney as well. It's the same idea, right? Because Kaminga is not, in this point in his career, he's 19. At this point in his career, he is not necessarily an outside shooting threat. Now, he can make the shots, but when you got Steph and Clay out there, you know, and even Andrew Wiggins to a lesser degree, yeah, Draymond, is. you're going to have to shoot this ball, or, or Kaminga, you're going to have to shoot this ball. And if you do go Looney, yeah, we're not going to guard you either. So that's the problem with the Draymond and Kaminga, Draymond and Looney situation, because at this point, again, regular season, you might be able to get away with it when you're playing a team on a one-off situation. This is game six. You cannot continue to, to run out you know, two non-shooters in this situation, because what it also does is it puts more, you know, more, even more 
pressure. And I know it's Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole, but all of their shots mean even more. And it does eventually lead them to take bad shots. And now we're mad at Klay for taking bad shots. So I think it's all connected. I think that, you know, we were talking before the break as far as Draymond is concerned. Here's the thing about the Draymond shooting and how he has to shoot. I agree. But he also has to make the shots because the the Warriors, the the Grizzlies are going to do the same thing that the Warriors did with John Morant. They're going to live with the numbers, right? So even though John Morant, he went, I believe, four for 11 in the first game, five for 12 in the second game from three-point land, the Warriors were saying, we're still going to play those numbers. And the Grizzlies are going to do the same thing. So I think one thing everybody has to remember is that if Draymond starts shooting, Draymond could go five for five. And I don't think it's necessarily going to change the offense as far as Adams is going to pull up, you know, and guard Draymond closer. So I think that has been, I I don't want to say a common misconception, but it's not going, Draymond has to make those shots right? Not just take them. It's not going to be, oh, Draymond take these shot, is taking these shots now. Let me go and get them. Regardless of whether he makes them or not, the Grizzlies are going to stick to their game plan because if Draymond beats you, okay. If Draymond beats you from the perimeter, that's fine, right? I mean, you're just going to have to live with that. I did want to mention something as far as Draymond's offense because I looked this up yesterday, Draymond's playoff stats starting with the first championship. So here goes Draymond's average points per game since the first championship. 2015, Draymond averaged 13.7 points a game. 2016, he averaged 15.4 points per game. That was the game seven where obviously the Warriors lost, but Draymond put up 32 and he believes and others believe if the Warriors did win that game, Draymond would have got finals MVP. 2017, now again, the whole idea of when Kevin Durant came, Draymond's offense, you know, kind of went down the toilet a bit and he just didn't really put the same effort. 2017, 13.1 points per game. 2018, 10.8 points per game. 2019, 13.3 points per game. 2022, 7.2 points per game. It's just not going to get it done. And I understand, we're not talking about Draymond defensively, right? We are not talking about Draymond defensively. But offensively, when you just, when you clog the lanes because there's just no threat, and now, you know, this is leading to some of those turnovers as well. I think it's that. I think the Grizzlies have seen that iteration of the offense where it's Draymond gets the ball and he's pointing out you cut here you cut there and the Grizzlies are just sitting there saying we know what you're trying to do we're just not going to allow you to do it go ahead Draymond put it up and if he does put it up even if he makes it that's not going to change the Grizzlies game plan so I believe that yes he has to put up the shots but he has to make them because I don't think Draymond just putting up shots is going to scare the Grizzlies into coming out and guarding him they're not going to guard him all game And he has to make it hurt in some way, shape, or form. I will say as far as the Kaminga thing, I haven't seen enough pressure as far as Kaminga setting screens when he is in for a Jordan Poole or a Steph Curry, and you get that PNR going, and you can throw up for the lobs, right? I I need to see more of that if Kaminga is going to be in this ballgame. I don't need to watch Kaminga dribble on the perimeter. And I know that's partly the Grizzlies making sure that you know, uh, he is the guy that's handling the ball and things like that. I don't know if it's a Mike Brown thing. I don't know if it's a Steve Kerr thing. You got to figure it out. But again, to, you know, to Charlie's point, I would personally start Jordan Poole because you are not, (laughs) when you go quote unquote big or whatever you're trying to do, I know they've been going Kaminga instead of Looney. I just don't think it's going to make a a huge difference on the offensive board situation because Steven Adams, I believe, had six or something like that, just destroying them on the offensive board. Same with Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark. I don't think that having Looney in for what you lose on offense with having Looney and Draymond on the floor is worth it You know, to get a couple extra rebounds. I'd rather say, you know what, let's just double down on going small and let's just go ahead Let's just go ahead and go super small, try to get Jordan Poole going and maybe keep them off their heels and go back to who we are because this middle ground that they're trying to play, specifically with Steven Adams now being inserted back into the lineup, it's just not working. I mean, it's not working. They were able to squeak out that W at home, but it didn't look great. And really, if we're being honest, the Warriors have played one really good game. I'm not going to sit here and say game one wasn't a good game because they won. 
you know, game one on the road, but the Grizzlies were coming off that. I believe they only had one day off because they were coming off that, you know, that, that game seven with the T-Wolves. And then they come and they got to flip back around to face Steph Curry, Clay Thompson in the gang. So, you know, I'm still giving the Warriors credit for that, but it was a contested layup, but the Grizzlies had a chance to win that ball game. Then they go out and they win game two. That was the first really cold game from the Warriors. I believe that was the 18% from three game. Then, you know, game three happens. They explode. It's boom or bust right now. The Warriors play really well in game three. Then game four comes around. Not, not great, right? I believe 25% from three that game and didn't look great, able to, able to squeak it out. Then you get to game five and the Warriors just might as well not have gotten off the plane. They might as well not even got on the plane, right? Just, we'll just see you for game six. So I think that you have to figure out where where Draymond is going to fit into this because I do think Steph Curry needs to handle the ball more. I do think sometimes this team, and we're going to get into it, we're up against another break, this team is sometimes too reliant or or they feel almost like, dare I say, a high school or a college team, let's run our offense, let's run our set before we do anything else. That's not how it always has to be, you know, that's not how it necessarily has to be in the playoffs. You got to get going, right? The Grizzlies are coming out and they're just pulling up. They're just pulling up and saying, these, ball, these shots are going to go in or not, and, and we're just going to ride by it. We're playing with a bit of house money now. Meanwhile, the Warriors are trying to get into their set, do things like that, and the Grizzlies seem to know what's coming. But when we get back, we're going to continue to get into the Warriors' offensive struggles, how they can get back on the right track. We're going to talk about Jordan Poole, what he can do, Steph and Clay, the 3G, 3-guard lineup. And are you having any 3-1 nightmares? 888-957-9570 if you want to be a part of the action. Alan Styles, 95.7 The Game, filling in for Stephen Langford, pregame show. We'll be right back. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Joe is just coming strong. He feel he's he's feeling on a Friday. Thank you, Joe. You are you are you are getting it going. Five thirty five a.m. pregame show. Alan Style filling in for Stephen Langford, who you will hear in a little bit under a half an hour on the morning roast with Bonte Hill filling in for Joe Shasky. Joe Spadoni on the boards, keeping it going. I mean, we we out here clubbing at five thirty five in the morning. It's I mean, a payday Friday, Alan. Let's go. You're right. We're in Ibiza or something like that. I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm super with it. You know what else I'm with is a closeout Friday and the Warriors taking care of the pesky Grizzlies with no John Morant with his 15 chains on the sideline. He's out there mocking steps and one. You know they're they're doing a lot right. The, the Draymond. We haven't even got into the Draymond whoop that trick thing. I don't know if you want to talk about it. It, it might be. A moot point at this point. I know we we've discussed it. And did you like it? Did you did you hate it? Draymond posting a reaction video to getting blown to getting blown out 40 minutes after the game. I don't know if he did it in his hotel room. I don't know. I don't know what happened. 888-957-9570. If you want to talk about anything as far as the Warriors, we've been focusing on the offense or lack thereof and how we can get it back on track. So let's get through some text messages here on the Xfinity Mobile text line. 415, one of the main problems is that every time Klay Thompson gets the ball, Memphis knows he's shooting. He doesn't pass. He's shooting nine times out of 10. That's true. That is true. I mean, I think that, again, these are also contested shots. Now, Klay, by the way, played really well last game for what? The, whatever, however long that game was you know somewhat close. Clay actually played well, and you gotta hope for all the game six players out there that he does show up. I will say this though, if if he does sit there and and chuck up thirty shots and fifteen of them are transition twos off balance, I'm blaming everyone who got the the game six Clay hype going. I'm blaming all you. I'm blaming all you. All right. So so I, I we want game six Clay to come. But he's also been in the habit of forcing things. So let's try to figure out that happy medium between what's going on there. 650 chiming in. What's up with the Warriors not running around, cutting and slashing, looking to move the ball? There are too many spots where they're doing the dribble, dribble, dribble. And now they have to take whatever shot they can because the shot clock is running out. 
I'm going to be honest with you, 650. It's a great point to me not to continue to harp on Draymond, but I do think a part of that is it's just a bit clogged up right now, and they're just a little predictable. So I think they're having to do this dribble, dribble, dribble stuff because they're trying to do their cuts early in the offense as far as what I'm seeing and it's just not, the Grizzlies are just knowing exact. okay, they're trying to run a misdirection here, the pin down screen there, whatever, and the Grizzlies are just on top of it, so they go through their set, that takes about 10, 12 seconds, now they pull it back out, and, you know, now, now you're sitting at eight seconds or whatever, and now they just huck up a shot, now luckily, the Warriors have Klay Thompson and Seth Curry, so that's never a bad idea, but... You know, it's also not the best that, you know, you can see either. So I hear I hear where you're coming from. I think it's all connected. I think it's not that they don't run the run the offense. Like I said, I think they're too connected to the offense. But when the offense, when option A, option B, option C doesn't work and Draymond is just sitting with the ball at the, you know, the top of the free throw line or whatever the case may be. Now it's it turns into panic time. 650 also chiming. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our offense looks scared to drive to the rack, and they end up doing a pirouette with an obvious pass back to the three-point line. It's so obvious, and the Grizzlies have caught on to that. Birdo, 6-5-0. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. They're getting in deep, and now that Stephen uh, Adams is in the game, you got Jaron Jackson in there too, whether it's Brandon Clark Jr. as well, and Jaron Jackson Jr., like I mentioned, can't forget his junior also. There, there's nowhere to go, right? There's roadblocks everywhere, and it's it's – you're trying to figure out how you can open this thing up. And ultimately, is it this simple? Is it this simple? The Warriors are a jump shooting team. And when you don't make your jump shots, it's a problem, right? Is it really that simple? Is it, is it that simple that Steph Curry is shooting 32% from three, which is not good? And Klay Thompson is shooting 33% from three, which is a little bit better than 32, but also not good. Is it that simple, right? Is, it, is that the issue here? And to me, again, they're having to deal with contested shots before they get the open shots, so they're just not able to get into a rhythm, and then they start pressing. Meanwhile, Grizzlies playing with house money, no John Morant, even though we know secretly they, not secretly, they have a, a really good record without John Morant. So they feel that they can do what they, they can do. They're better defensively as well. I thought Dylan Brooks did a great job on Steph. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see enough screens to get Dylan Brooks off of Steph. I saw Steven Adams, and again, this game was a blowout. I saw Steph on Steven Adams guarding Steph one time. One time last game. That, that's just unacceptable. You got to put him in action over and over again and find a way to either get him in foul trouble. Everybody just on the Grizzlies looked way too comfortable. And I, and again, going back to game four, they just were clank master flex, the Grizzlies were. Well, both of them were in game number four. If the Grizzlies can hit a shot, I mean, the Warriors are in really deep trouble here because as we know, they barely pulled it out. The Grizzlies and the Warriors were building houses with all the bricks. If And we can say the same thing about the Warriors, but the Warriors have been the ones had have been, that have been you know, really cold. And the Warriors are supposed to be the ones that are the marksmen with having Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. Now let's get into Jordan Poole. What is going on? What is going on with Jordan Poole? Is it not starting? Is it just, a, a you know, a returning to the mean? What is it? I thought personally, and I didn't see a lot of coverage over this, I thought that the Jordan Poole handshake with John Morant in game four was extremely awkward. 
I thought that if it wasn't on purpose, that the Grizzlies, you know, just thought we're going to leave this whole thing out here, this bone bruise. I don't know when they necessarily had, you know, the the exact diagnosis of what Ja had, but I feel like they may have decided, you know, we're not going to say anything today. And Jordan Poole is 22 and Ja Moran is 22. And Jordan Poole feels like Ja Morant is a peer of his and they're going to take over this league together. And maybe Jordan Poole thought, man, did I really injure this dude? I mean, you had doctors on Twitter. You had doctor beefs, right, saying Jordan Poole, was, it was a dirty play. Then another doctor saying it wasn't dirty. You had it all. And to think that maybe that didn't affect Jordan Poole in game four, I, I thought that to be possibly true. Now going into game five, hostile environment, a little bit harder to to judge there because it got out of hand so quickly. I don't even think they were necessarily booing Jordan Poole in that way because by that time, it has it had broken that it was a bone bruise and unless Jordan Poole had Hulk hands, right? We, Jordan Poole was not responsible for that. But he seems a bit lost. Every move that he does, every decision that he makes, it seems like he should be doing the opposite, right? He's passing when he should be shooting. He, he looks reluctant to shoot, just period, And I just, I'm not really sure what's going on with the kid. And again, he is a kid and he has risen to this, I wouldn't say superstar status, but he was on that trajectory. He is on that trajectory after these, you know, the the first series and to a lesser degree in this series. But we said it before, the the Jordan Poole being good as far as it's a nice to have, that's out the window. You need a third scorer in, you know, in the playoffs, and Andrew Wiggins, he's steady Eddie. He's going to give you between 15 and 20 and do what he does defensively and on the boards, but that's not enough. You need, I guess you could say, a fourth scorer, but I guess between Steph Clay and Jordan Poole, you just need to put up a decent amount of points. And right now, with Steph and Clay struggling, Jordan Poole has not been able to be that escape valve. I would say Clay is struggling more than Steph because Steph is able to get to the rack and Clay isn't really able to do that. And that is the thing with Jordan Poole as well. He's able to get to the rack. But Jordan Poole looks a bit lost right now. I'm not sure what's going on. I really do hope that they start him today. And, you know, I think what's weird to me is all the pump fakes and the reluctancy to shoot because Jordan Poole has never seen a shot he doesn't like. I think that has worried me the most about Jordan Poole. What is going on with him? Does somebody need to talk to him? Because it is no longer a nice to have as far as Jordan Poole's offense. It is a necessity to this team if they are going to make a finals run and a championship run. That's what it is, right? I mean, when Vegas, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, when Vegas has, you know, the Warriors as the favorite, that's with Jordan Poole being the Jordan Poole that we saw at the beginning of the playoffs. That's also that 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 is that is probably the most important factor because I think Vegas knows that Clay has been hot and cold. I think it's Steph Curry doing what he does, being able to, you know, get in that 25 and up range and Jordan Poole being who he is. I think they understand that Clay is a bit hot and cold because he is coming back from two catastrophic injuries. So how you get Jordan Poole going, number one, I think you have to start him. I think you have to start him. You need to figure out what you're missing, right? You're not able to get rebounds. You're not able to to do any of that anyway. So just sell it small, go fast five, and just run. And just run and, and get to that. Look, you're going to be a chase center. Everything is going to be rocking. Just go fast five. That's what the people want to see. They paid a pretty penny to be there. Give the people what they want. Start with fast five. Steven Adams is going to get a bunch of rebounds. He's going to get a bunch of rebounds anyway. And if it just looks bad again, then change it up. It can't be any worse than how you've started these last two games. We know this. Draymond Green and Kaminga, that's not the answer. I want to know the percentage, uh, you know, and I know Kaminga has just been starting, you know, with, with GP2 going down. But each of these games, the first two to three shots from the Warriors, maybe even more than that, has been by one Draymond Green, Jonathan Kaminga, or Andrew Wiggins. And Andrew Wiggins, that's okay. But that's exactly what the other team wants. That's exactly what the Grizzlies want. So, and that's happening because they're trying to run their set. They're trying to get into their offense. And when it doesn't happen, now all of a sudden, all right, well, I am wide open. So let me just shoot it. They're shooting with zero confidence, right? And, you know, now five minutes have gone by. Steph hasn't shot. Clay maybe has forced one or two. And, 
the, the quarter ends and you're down seven to 10 points. You cannot do that. You cannot do that because again, people want to talk about Oracle and how Chase Center is not Oracle, yada, yada, yada. And I get it. Oracle was one of a kind. But if the Warriors start out slow, I am not blaming it on the fans at Chase Center for not being as rocking as they need to be. You need to give them something to rock about, Warriors. You know, and I understand the fans are going to be ready to go. But you can take the air out of a building very, very quickly. And that is what I am afraid will happen if the Warriors have another one of these slow starts. Now you can hear it. The fans, they're, they're cheering you on. But there's a pressing part of that, right? Now you start to press a little bit and nobody wants that. We had a call. We had a texter chime in from game four and they said the feeling in the building was uneasy. It was uneasy. That's the word that they used. And I don't want the words to get into that situation again. I understand. And I am the guy who thinks home court advantage is a huge advantage, but that can get flipped very quickly if you can't hit shots. And at the end of the day, you are a jump shooting team. I think this version of the Warriors probably the most jump shooting heavy team that they've ever had. I mean, you have Steph that can get to the lane and he's going to fall and you hate to see Steph on the ground. And you have Jordan Poole who grimaces every time he drives too. That's that's all that they got. Andrew Wiggins is going to give you flashes, but you can't count on that. And I would say this, I know that when we're talking about the importance of Jordan Poole, I know nobody wants to hear it, but this is why, and, and, and again, he's gone and we're not bringing him up. It's just the idea. This is why they went out and got Kevin Durant. And I know Kevin Durant is long gone and I'm not barking up the Kevin Durant tree. What I'm saying is when the threes aren't falling, you need somebody that can stop the bleeding, right? And they don't have that person right now. When it's just ice, ice, baby, and they're clank master flex, they don't have anybody to sit there and, and say, don't worry, let's get them on the board. I'll give you this. You don't even need Kevin Durant. You, you, how about a Sean Livingston, right? How about somebody that's going to just get to his spot and say, okay, I got you. Let's get two on the board. The Warriors don't have that right now. And I do think they're still going to get past the Grizzlies. Granted, they win tonight because like I said, I do not, I would not bet on the Warriors going back to Memphis, right? Winning that game. I would not do it. I would not do it. The 650 is chiming in. Mitch and Sam Bruno, A Styles, my dude. Warriors Achilles heels is turnovers and bad shots. Poole and Clay are turning into a black hole. You know, I, I hear you, Mitch and Sam Bruno. I hear you. I'm just not necessarily sure. I'm seeing less of that with Jordan Poole lately. I think you can make the argument for Clay with that still. But again, last game, Clay shot the ball pretty well. So I don't necessarily want to take the ball out of his hands because the tough thing about Clay is almost a chicken and the egg thing. You need him to take shots to get going, but if he doesn't get going, he still has to take those shots. And ultimately those shots aren't going in. And ultimately they turn into, you know, a, a good shot is a, a bad shot is a good shot unless it goes in. And we know Clay takes some interesting shots from time to time. So that is the tough thing with Clay. You have to find a way to get him going. Steph, you don't really need to, but I would put Jordan Poole in that category too. I think he's a guy that we've seen has to find a way to get going early. And if he doesn't, seems a bit lost in the sauce uh, as the game goes by. So I'm not really sure, you know, what the Warriors are going to do as far as the starting lineup. I would have I would have Jordan Poole in it because what do you have to lose? You're not going to get rebounds anyway. Not to mention, I know it looked great. And specifically, if you don't have Otto Porter, you can even make the argument for Otto Porter starting. You really could. But you're sitting here with possibly without Otto Porter. You you might as well just go fast and see what happens and just and and just go from there. If it's not, you got to turn it something else. And this sounds crazy too. I would like to see a Moses Moody. I'd like to see some minutes from him in some fashion. I get it. He hasn't been playing, but he came in the game, albeit in garbage time. He hit his first three right off the jump. Doesn't seem like the the moment is too big for him. I mean, he hit some big shots, albeit in the regular season. I'm saying you cannot roll the ball out just because you're at Chase Center and think you can go through the first five to seven minutes of the first quarter, run that offense through Draymond or whatever the case may be, and think it's going to work differently. Okay, this is this is not the regular season. This is the playoffs. This team has, as in the Grizzlies, they have seen you run this offense over and over again. 
You got to switch it up. You got to. 5-1-0 chiming in. Game three, they attack the basket and hit mid-range. Open everything up. Go back to that. David and San Leandro. Shout out San Leandro, David. Love going to Tony Lima. Great golf course out there. I don't know if you golf, but if you do, I'm sure you know about it. You know, got to get out there. Yeah, I I mean, I think what happens with the Warriors is they use the driving and the mid-range to get them close. And then they say, okay, let's, let's double check. Are we, are we, are we hot again? Are we hot again? And then they're not. And then they get a little close again, doing what, doing what it is that they've been doing, right? You know, driving to the basket, getting to the free throw line. Okay. Okay. Let's take some threes. Are we hot again? They just need to ride whatever is working until it doesn't work anymore. That's what it's got to be. And as far as Steven Adams is concerned, you got to get him in action. You've, you got to find a way to get him in action. And I know, I mean, to be honest, that one time I did see Steph guarded by Steven Adams. I don't think Steph necessarily blew by him, but at least you get him out of the paint, right? Four shots, so now you have a better chance of getting an offensive rebound. There's more things to see versus just, all right, get Steph. Get Steven Adams, just boogie on him. I'm going to be honest. There are times, and again, I'm not trying to get anybody, I'm not trying to be too spicy this early in the morning, but there are times where you look at Steph and you're like, man, you can't get past this big. You can't get past this big. Now he does, right? But there are times where, you know, maybe less of the Steven Adams, but those Jaron Jackson Juniors of the world and those long guys that the Grizzlies have and really every team that's left in the playoffs have moving forward. I would say the only team that probably doesn't have you know, that, that group of players like that would be the Heat, but the Heat, they're, you know, they're bruisers as well. Steph has to continue to just, in, to just sit there and say, I am the alpha dog on this team. I know we got this offense that we can get back to, but let's mix it up a bit. Let's just get hot from the jump. And I'm not saying Heat checks from the logo. But I'm saying you need to impose your will early and not just sit there and be complacent with running your offense the same one you've run over and over again. That's what you got to do. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't think that there is a personnel fix for Steven Adams. You just got to score the basketball. That's where we are at. That's where we are at. You just got to score the basketball and do what you do best, right? And I, I hate to say the cliche, it's a make or miss league, but that is what it is at this point because that is who the Warriors are. That's their identity. As far as who can get to the rack, you have Andrew Wiggins to a lesser degree. You have Steph Curry who needs to continue to do that. Steph, all he has to do is a hezzy head fake. And Dylan Brooks or whoever is jumping in the air 10 times out of 10 and you get to the rack. And if Steven Adams comes down and tries to stop you, now you hand off to Draymond. And Draymond, don't be afraid to get to the, to get to the rack and get on the free throw line. Don't be afraid you know, to just put up a shot. Don't be afraid. Get the floater game. I'm going to tell you this. Warriors Twitter, Warriors Instagram, they sit there and they say in the lab and they show Draymond shooting all those shots. Dude, you're in there practicing them. Get them up. Get them up. That's what that's what you have to do. You have to get to uh, if the Warriors are going to win this thing. Is it crazy to say if they're going to win this whole thing? Is it crazy to say Draymond needs to average double digits? Is it crazy to say that with all he does defensively and also also offensively? Look at the track record. I read it earlier. I read it earlier. I'll read it again. For those who may be just joining the show, shout out to you. Couple of minutes left before the morning roast. Draymond's playoff stats starting with the first championship 2015, 13.7 points per game. 2016, 15.4 points per game. He scored 32 in game seven in a losing effort, but 30. Can you That seems crazy now. Draymond scoring 32. I, it's unfathomable. 2017, 13.1 points per game. 2018, 10.8 points per game. 2019, 13.3 points per game. That is three years. With Kevin Durant in the playoffs, Draymond still averaged double digits and 13, averaged 13 in two of them. 2022 averaging 7.2 points per game. And it's not all on Draymond. We understand he's able to direct traffic and do things like that. But it's a different game when they've seen the offense back to back to back over and over again. This one, Draymond has to find, and it, maybe it's just about Draymond having the ball less. I'm looking at you, Steph Curry to impose your will early. I'm looking at Clay Thompson. Look, I will take a game six Clay, but don't force game six Clay. If game six Clay comes to you, great, but do not force it. You have to play within the game. It's basically two, basically Steph and Clay need to switch mentalities. Steph needs to go shooting mode from the jump. That's what I want to see from Steph. You know, get to the basket, do what you got to do. 
Clay, let the game come to you because that's when you're best. And Jordan Poole, I hope he starts. You just got to trigger that 22-year-old. That's what the Grizzlies are, right? They're, they're too naive. We all remember if we were 22. You might be 22 now. And if you're 22 now, God bless you. But we all remember being 22. You don't know what you don't know right? They're not worried about anything. They're playing with house money. And that is what we saw from Jordan Poole. I'm out here. I'm swagged up. I'm taking jump shots. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm the next splash, bro. Okay. It's a splash party. We haven't heard any nicknames, you know, really since this series started. No more nickname talk, right? Get back to that, Jordan Poole. Get back to playing and being who you are, seeing there is a shot. There is not a shot that you have not liked, right? There's no shot that you don't like because you got to put it up because you three right there, that's what it is, especially if Otto Porter is out because you're going to have less opportunities because you don't have him on the boards and you don't have his three-point shooting. I know he hasn't been hot, but he was as soon as he starts to get hot, now he has that possible injury. And if he is hot or if he is playing, yes, you, you, you want Otto to shoot those shots, but he's getting open shots because they're saying, hey, we got to pick our poison, right? Get back to all of that. Defensively, to be honest, I don't know if there's – I know Draymond one-on-one with Jaron Jackson. I would take that every day of the week. But throughout the, the rotations and everything in the game, that's not going to happen every single time. So, you know, we can sit there and say, well, Draymond's doing a good job on Jaron Jackson or whatever. Jaron Jackson is getting way too many open threes. And I know he's got that ugly push shot. And I'm telling you myself, I don't believe when I see that ball go in or I don't believe when he lets go of the basketball that it's going to go in. But it does. So I don't know what you got to do there, but he's getting far too many open looks. Let Dylan Brooks shoot. I don't know what type of rotation you got to go. and He might get hot too, but Jaron Jackson has proven that this might not be a flash in the pan as far as his three-point shooting. And I know they all shoot way better at home, but you just, I mean, and that's the whole thing about you were down by 55 and you were down by 40, right? So there is no way that the Memphis Grizzlies' confidence if nothing else, I don't know if their jump shot travels, but that confidence sure is going to travel. And you're going to have Ja Morant there with his 18 chains on, ready to troll and ready to hop on Twitter. He's probably going to be tweeting during the game. The Warriors, Draymond, you went out there, you want to say whoop that trick and toss the, the towel around. And Steph was kind of, you know, nodding his head too. I will not even talk about the podcast. I won't talk about any of that if you take care of business tonight because you got to. And again, I would not bet on the Warriors if it's a game seven. So let's just not see one. Draymond said on his podcast, the next time I talk to you, we'll be talking about the next series. And boy, I hope you're right. And boy, I hope everybody out there has a great Friday. Thank you for listening to me, Alan Siles, 95.7 The Game pregame show, filling in for Stephen Langford. Morning Roast is up next with Stephen Langford and Bonte Hill, filling in for Joe Shasky. Y'all take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.